Hey guys, welcome to the Improvement Podcast, where the mission is to help young men develop their character, identity, and mindset in order to activate their potential and achieve their goals in life. And so this episode is part two of the series where I unpack my past and reflect on the experiences that made me who I am today. So let's get to it. So part two, Kamani, this is awesome. You know, like I really appreciate this because it's, you know, it's a great opportunity to get to know you better and what makes you tick and why you do what you do. You know, today is your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How old today? 24. 24 years old. And what did you do for your birthday? So we actually celebrated yesterday, which was um, Saturday for us. And uh, went to the Texas a and football game, uh, had fun out there. And then afterwards, later that night, we went out to dinner at this cool place. I uh, went to one of my friend's apartment to have a game night. And so it was me, some of the guys, and they invited some girls over that we hung out with. And they pre-gamed a little bit and everything. And afterwards, uh, around maybe like 11 o'clock or so, I was ready to go home. And the rest of them went on with what the original plan was. I was supposed to go out, but I really just wasn't feeling up to it. I love that. I love that because it's, you've had a change in life. That wouldn't have been the scenario for you in the past, but now you do things differently. What is it you do differently that makes that a little bit more difficult? So I don't drink anymore. I've been sober since, uh, since last November, 2020. And so, you know, once I made the choice to stop drinking, uh, my hobbies and my lifestyle definitely changed. I would say, uh, the appeal that came from going out doing the whole nightlife thing it just didn't really it didn't really hit the same anymore uh it, when you're sober you kind of see things for what they are and really it just didn't seem like something that offered much value really i, I realized that what i actually enjoyed about it was the time sp that i spent with friends and then i guess also like looking at the women but whenever you're just sober in a loud environment where you came and hear people talking and then I guess me being more on like the, um, I guess you could say like self-conscious side, it really just wasn't something that appealed to me anymore. Yeah, I, I want to grab that. I don't, I don't drink myself. And I noticed that when I stopped drinking, I had a lot of trouble in social circles mm -hmm. because other people who drank, which is fine, I've got no problems with other people drinking, but I get to a point in the night where if I hear somebody say something three times, I'm going to take them home and put them to bed. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but, but one of the things for that is because you've got the clarity and the conversation dives off and, and therefore you get tired trying to hold that conversation. But I also found that because I wasn't drinking, it was like there was a barrier between myself and my mates who were drinking. So I find myself these days with a smaller circle of influence if I go out because I don't go out to the late nights and I, I don't do that. Mm -hmm. So I want to, I want to say thank you for making a choice for you. But what was the instigator for that choice? Uh, two things really. And so first was my health. And the reason why that became an issue is because uh, I have a stomach condition called gastritis, where you have irritation in the, in the lining of your stomach. And a lot of the different foods that I was eating, plus alcohol, were triggering uh, those issues. And so what the doctor recommended, uh, they said the, the biggest thing I could do was uh, stop drinking alcohol, because they said that's probably one of the main things that can like really cause irritation. And so that was the first reason. And the second reason is because I kind of took that as like a, a personal challenge. And so this was uh, around the time when I was really considering starting a podcast and everything and really going hard into my personal development. And so it kind of made me reflect and think what exactly was the reason why I would drink. And I realized it was because one, everyone else is doing it. And two, because of the ability that it gave me to get out of that self-conscious state and to just be openly and freely me. And so something that I kind of wondered about that was why does it take this, this substance or like this, uh, this, this drink that you have to put in your body 
uh, to be able to get to that state. Why not do the work to be able to get there yourself by building the confidence and everything organically as opposed to taking a handicap? And of course, that's still a, a process. It's a whole lot tougher than I thought it would be. But um, that was the personal challenge that you could say that I took. And so those two things put together made it to where I said I would stop drinking. Thank you. Because it's a massive personal challenge. Socially, you know, we celebrate and commiserate everything in life with alcohol. We raise a glass when a baby is born. We get married, <laughs> we raise a glass. Before we get married, we have Buxley's. We all go out and it's always about going and having a drink. And to ch choose to step away from that as what is our society is a big thing. So I really commend you for that because it's, it is a personal choice. And when, when you're working on the personal development, the one thing I loved there was and only because of the reflection of it in my life was that to be you authentically you and to be on the personal development trail and to actually offer that completely sober, it's, it's daunting. You have to be very vulnerable. Can I be as open sober as I am when I'm drunk, when I'm, I'm more, you know, free to let loose? But if I could encourage you, encourage you for one thing that I just holds me in, in absolute stead for what I want to do, instead, I am now always responsible for my actions. I don't have an excuse to not be there. And with my son, I don't have a Sunday morning where I'm hungover and not present for him. I'm always available. And to me, that's extremely important. I'm always doing being the best version of me. So just to share that with you to try and give you a bit more confidence and to stay strong on the path because the personal development path, like I'm so proud of you for what you are doing. You're stepping into a challenge, like you're now 24 just. <laughs> and, and you know, you're stepping into the personal development world where you're challenging yourself. So talking about that, how did you go watching back last week? Uh, well, I guess for one, to, to kind of recap on what you were just saying, I yeah. think that's a great way to look at it, what you're talking about, what you're signing, and also making sure that you're just present in general and always accountable for your actions. And, you know, I, I appreciate you sharing your perspective on that. I think it's very valuable. And to answer your uh, your next question about looking back at our film from last time, you know, so uh, I listened to everything again and I completed our assignment where you um, told me to think about how my life experiences affected decisions that I make now. And so I came up with with a few answers You know, I broke it down into like some some uh, some categories to kind of organize it. But overall, uh, there were some. I guess you could say there are some insights that I gleaned from it. Beautiful. Do you want to share them? Okay, sure. And so first category that I have is, I guess, the experiences that came from my mom and dad not being compatible, not being a, a good match for each other and seeing how that worked out with them. So one thing I'll say about it is that it made me mindful of how important it is to pick the right partner for the sake of your kids and yourself. I would say that um, if it hadn't been for seeing how differences in their morals, ethics, lifestyles, and what their priorities are um, caused conflict between them. I wouldn't have really known how important it is to make sure that whoever it is you decide to bring into your life, that person is in alignment with you to help support you in your mission. And so that's one blessing that I guess you could say came from seeing the mistakes of, uh, of other people. And uh, the next one is that it made me reflect on my own weaknesses and how they can affect my relationships. Because one thing about it is that, and I didn't notice this when I was young, but as I got older and really reflected on some of those things that I saw transpire between the two of them, I realized that a lot of the conflict came from uh, people's insecurities and, and their own weaknesses and constraints with, with their personalities. And it really made me think if these, some of those areas were things I struggled with too, 
And it made me think if I took action to develop myself in these areas, then a lot of that conflict that they had in these certain aspects of their relationship, I might be able to avoid with my future wife. So that was something else I took away from it. And third, which I guess kind of goes into the, uh, the first one is look for someone who matches your character. I guess, you know, someone that has strong character in general, because when someone has strong character, it means even if you mess up, uh, they're not going to do things to try and hurt you or spite you because that doesn't align with who they are as a person. But that was the, the first category. I don't know if you want me to stop right there or like taking the sections or. How does it feel hearing that and feeling those lessons? Uh, I mean, it gives me an optimistic outlook on the future. And it's, it's, this isn't the first time I've, I've thought about this. But this is definitely the first time that I've wrote it down. And it just makes me think that just by me having this head start and having this awareness, it gives me so much of a better chance at being content and happy in the future whenever I do get a partner. And so that's something that I'm optimistic about. I'm, I'm confident that I won't make a lot of those same mistakes and, you know, it'll be what's best overall for my sake, you know, mentally, and then also for my future kids, you know, if, if I'm blessed with kids. That's amazing. I love that. You should be really proud. You should be really proud of that because it's so often we don't reflect on life and see the things that actually give us opportunity in our pain, you know, and you've you've stepped up to that challenge. Yeah, I think you you could say that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I'm just in that itself, you choosing to be vulnerable by going back and learning the lessons and when a future partner comes into your life. The one thing I loved hearing there was someone who accepts things that don't go right. Because that will give you the opportunity to work through things. And I just I really love hearing that. Because it's a very important aspect I feel in any relationship. So brilliant. Let's next, next category. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, next was uh, the instability that we had going on, not only just financially, but um, even emotional instability among people. And so one of the first lessons that I guess you could say I took from that that I've been implementing in my life is working to build a strong financial base. A lot of the issues that we faced from the time I was a kid all the way until even like 18 were something like financially related. And so one thing that I'll say from reflecting on it, and even from a past guest that I had that kind of brought this to my attention was that the focus on the financial, you know, things that are supposed to be basic can really take your focus away from the other aspects that are important when it comes to your relationships, such as like development, like with your, with your kids, like being able to be pre- fully present and aware and not have other things in your mind to be able to look to see what the second level and third level of issues might be with your family, as opposed to baseline issues. If you're always focused on basics, like making money and all that, how can you be focused on the emotional well-being of people if your basics aren't in order? So that was one of the, uh, one of the main things. And also whenever you're financially stable, it leads to you not having to make some, uh, some decisions that will compromise your morals. uh, Like I saw growing up. And uh, the next one is learning how to, face my emotions and control them. One thing I'll say is that, uh, and this was, this is something that I even had to work on myself, but, uh, because it was an issue for me because I used to, and I also used to see people in my family have issues with not only facing their emotions, I guess you could say, but finding a way to control them or channel them into, into positive things. I guess you could say the, the expectation is that was that a man wasn't supposed to have a certain type of emotions or a man was supposed to carry himself in a certain type of way. And so when those emotions were felt, you could say that it caused a certain type of like anger or rage, because in that instance, you lose. It seems as though you're losing power uh, in a way over yourself, over the situation. And so as a result, I saw people take actions to regain power in a way to protect themselves 
emotionally, I guess, with their with their ego. And it led to them doing things that were not only to the detriment of themselves, but to the, the group as a whole. And uh, it caused scars that never healed like in the future. And so that was one of the things that was also a lesson learning how to not only face them, but control them and accept that as a, as a part of being human and not being ashamed to to feel. That was another lesson. And uh, third was it taught me to place a large focus on being independent in every way. Um, like I said before, it kind of ties into the, the first thing I said, where whenever you don't have uh, your stuff situated, whenever you're not responsible, it leads to you having to depend on other people. And to get those other people to do what you need to do, you might have to compromise yourself in ways that you don't want to. And so we, there are a lot of times we borrow money from people and we're in debt with them. And, you know, you have to kind of maneuver things in a certain way to make those people happy. And those people have power over you due to the fact that you owe them. And overall, to kind of make ends meet sometimes whenever you aren't being financially responsible, uh, like I said, you have to or not have to, but it's it tends to be easier to do things that aren't the most ethical. And so that just kind of taught me that I wanted to make sure that I had myself squared away in every area. So that way, my needs could never would never be to a point to where they get in the way of my morals, and my principles and, and my identity. I would never have to compromise that because I took care of the basics. I would never put myself in a spot where someone else could have power over me and dictate parts of my life, you know, especially when I'm an adult. And then the other one was to only say what needs to be said. You know, it was something that people learn the hard way. And I even learned the hard way uh, growing up. But now I kind of learned that not everything needs to needs to be an argument. Not everything needs to be brought up. Some things just aren't important enough to have conflict over uh, just to look good or to say that you are right some of the stuff uh, it can really just be let go but that was the next category i'm smiling a lot right now yeah i, I can see <laughs> yeah it's 24 years old the gifts life has given you already to be who you're becoming. Extremely powerful. You're challenging the number one thing in life. You. You're working out what's important. I'm really proud of you. Yeah, thank you for that. It's, I guess it's necessary in a way, if you want to get the life that you, that you think you deserve or the one that's desirable. Uh, some of the things that, you know, are those tough lessons that you have to learn and those tough realities that you have to face, you know, to have that maturity or that, I guess that wherewithal to push through them. You can avoid it. You can medicate, but you're choosing not to. Next category. All right. So the next category was, um, and this is a big one. There are a lot of points from this one, and I guess it shouldn't be surprising, but uh, just how I perceive my dad's personality and parenting style. And so what I learned from that is that um, I should make conscious effort to be self-aware and humble. And so just to kind of reflect and give background information on that, um, just overall, and especially as I got older, I really started to notice instances where I guess his, his own lack of self-awareness and humbleness led to uh, us being in some situations that weren't ideal and rubbing some people the wrong way. Because the thing is, if you, if you view yourself like, like a king, but I guess you're among, you know, to keep it with the analogy peasants, you treat people in a, in a certain way. And if you're living among peasants and not actually a king, you're probably a peasant too, but acting that way doesn't 
really help you when it comes to getting the uh, the help that you might need whenever you're not taking care of your basic responsibilities, when it comes to just really being social and making connections with people, even family. And that led to really us. Uh, by the time I got to middle school, we really had no family friends or anything. And we didn't really talk to much of our family unless it was like family reunions. We would see my grandparents every once in a while. But uh, just the, the personality and everything and the, the lifestyle that we live made it to where we didn't have a lot of uh, friends that much of a support outside of just the immediate house. And so that definitely made things tough. And so uh, just seeing how it even it, it caused like issues for me whenever he would go to like different things for school and would rub people the wrong way. It has made me think that I want to be the type of person to where, you know, I can notice and actually care about how I come across to others and in my social standing in that type of way, as opposed to just showing people I'm better than them. And then also have the humbleness to, you know, even if I see myself doing well in certain areas, be content enough and confident enough in who I am internally to not have to get that validation from other people saying, wow, that's great by telling them all about the stuff that I do. So that was the first lesson. Uh, second is that I refrain from getting in, involved in drama and conflict. And so one thing I would say, just reflecting on what I, what I noticed about him growing up is that it meant more to him, it seemed to be right and to be perceived as the person that's smart and knows it all than it was to have peace. And so the thing is, he would argue his point about anything and everything. It seemed like with with me, my mom, anybody else, you know, just because it was like, how dare you think that you know better than me? And the thing about it is that a lot of stuff really just wasn't that important. And so you could have it to where somebody is angry with you over boxing or something like this, something that trivial. And it just kind of made me wonder, is that really even, even worth it? And so that's just something that kind of stuck with me uh, because, you know, another thing about drama is that it causes a lot of stress too. And that's, you know, I had enough of that growing up. So I definitely didn't want any of that in my own life for my own doing. So that's the second lesson. Um, third is that I do my best to find motivators that are internal instead of thriving on the approval of other people that kind of ties into what I said before, just making sure that I have a strong enough internal identity to where whenever I do something, it makes me happy because I know my actions and my success aligned with who I think I am, as opposed to getting the Facebook likes or people being so impressed at me or telling me how smart I am or successful I am, something like that. Because it kind of makes it to the point to where you gear your actions and everything towards what's going to get you the most external validation as opposed to what aligns with your internal values. And that's definitely a bad thing because then you have to kind of ask yourself, who are you exactly? If really the drivers are what other people uh, would, uh, would like or want from you. So that was the next lesson. Uh, another one that kind of goes into that is that I don't focus on my my appearance i don't mean like physical i mean like as far as like status and all that i just really try and do what i what my goals are what i'm supposed to do and if people happen to like that i mean that, that's a bonus but at the end of the day i just try and make sure that i do what aligns to me and feels good for me uh next one is that i start reading books and watching videos to teach me how to deal with people in productive ways and to make connections and really i just came from being lonely you know, not really having anybody to uh, to talk to or anything about different things, not having connections, not really having people that I felt uh, genuinely cared about me. And it made it to where whenever I started doing personal development when I was like 18, 19, these are some of the things that I had a big focus on because I, I wanted better connections with family. I wanted friends, better friends. Uh, friends that, you know, would actually listen to what I had to say instead of just hanging out. And so that was a motivator, too, because that was really, you know, all I saw with him, what, what he had. He never did really have any people that 
really checked up on us and saw how we were doing, he would, you know, call and talk to people and tell them about all the stuff we were doing, like with school and organizations, but uh, he never had anybody come and visit him. He never had anybody want to take him to do anything on his birthday. Uh, it was really just us. And I knew I didn't want that type of life for me. And the last point was that I know the importance of nurturing and building uh, the identity of my future kids. Because the thing is, uh, at least I would say from my own personal experience, I feel like a lot of what uh, builds your child's identity, their self-esteem, their confidence, sense of self, all that is uh, the treatment that they get from home because that's the person that they're interacting with the most. And the thing is, if you communicate with your kid in a way that devalues them and makes them feel like they're lesser, they're going to feel like that going out into the world. And so I know that it's important for me to conduct myself in a way that's going to promote good habits to my kids and then also to help build them up along the process. Because one of the things that was a disconnect was that we never did see him doing a lot of things that he wanted us to do, but he would tell us to do them. And so it's like you don't have an example. You don't have somebody that's making it look cool. I guess you can say making it look desirable and showing the results. But yet they're telling you how bad you are for not doing these things, you're not having these good habits and such for not having this, this confidence when you never see them going out and getting the fruits that would come from this social confidence and sort of things. So that was the, the next category. I'm still smiling. And I can't wait for your viewers to sit and see this. How many more categories we got? Uh, just two, but uh, they're short. Okay, let's go. And then uh, the next category was uh, abandoning my sister. And so that was that goes back from that other part of the story where I talked about how we stopped communicating with her because uh, she lived with my mom. And so what I learned from that is to uh, value relationships more and make more of an effort to to keep them and offer value. And so something that I never really did before until we, we reconciled and everything and started communicating again and seeing each other is uh, just reaching out to people, seeing how their day is going, keeping up with projects and such that they might be working on and, and asking them about them, setting reminders for like when people's birthdays were just to uh, acknowledge them and, and text them to tell them happy birthday. It really had me thinking it was like, you know, how, uh, where are the things that you want people to do for you? Uh, where are the things that people expected you to do that you didn't have the awareness or the care to do for them in the past? And it kind of uh, gave me this motivation to do that. And uh, also being a person where someone felt comfortable enough to talk to with, without judgment and to be able to help them talk through their issues. Never I had the, uh, the bandwidth to be able to do that for them. And so that was uh, the first thing that came from that. And the next thing was also that was actually the catalyst that made me focus on developing in my, my character, my values and my morals, because, you know, the, the situation was so evil to me and really just seeing the damage that it did. It kind of made me just sit down and reflect and think that there's no way in the world I could. I could, you know, keep living like that, just not having like a strong set of morals and not having a, a way that I wanted to conduct my life, especially after seeing how that lack of morals um, hurt all these people and how that lack of morals shaped my father's life and, you know, the results that, that he's gotten in, in all areas. And so it just became that much more important to me after that relationships and uh, character development. Listening to that, how does that feel? Uh, I mean, it's, it makes me think that progress is being made, you know, like you said, uh, the incentive, the incentive to grow, you know, is, is pain. Uh, there wouldn't be the incentive to do better in those areas if I didn't experience the pain or see the side effects of, you know, having those, those lapses, having those things going on in my life. And so the good thing about it is that it just turned into something positive in the end. And I didn't go along with it and just keep the negativity. 
Brilliant. Next one. Yeah, and then the next one was actually me being abandoned. And so one thing I'll say that was a positive from it was that it forced me to learn how to cope in healthy ways because it was a it was a very painful experience and it's something that I never expected to happen. And so, you know, first alcohol was like a a big like thing I used to cope. And I, I talked to like a therapist about it and everything and talking through it, you know, was like the first part that helped. But afterwards, what really helped was really me doing like my own personal work and really studying and figuring out how to like deal with grief and cope with uh, with disappointments and things like that. And it really helped me to kind of frame the situation in a way to where I couldn't really be too bitter about it anymore. You know, really, the, the thing about it was that I, it forced me to be objective and really think about things, not from like an emotional perspective to where like, oh, you know, I have no value or anything, but to think about what the problems were with the people that made them do that in the first place, seeing how their own lapses and everything and how their values were different led to them doing that. And just because someone else's perception is warped and they choose to live their life by a certain set of rules doesn't mean that you're not valuable because your set of rules are different. And so looking at it from that perspective uh, just made me realize that it was probably for, for the best that it happened because it would have happened sooner or later. And hopefully at least, you know, if, if I, let's say it, that didn't happen in that instance and I ended up developing my character and becoming a better man, there would have been a disconnect eventually. And if they really did me a favor, by choosing not to be involved with me anymore. Here you are sharing your pain. Here you are going through your lessons. And here I am smiling. Because sitting in front of me is a man who's chosen to grow. You made a conscious choice that that's not what you want. How did that start? What was the turning point? The turning point that made me uh, decide to develop into a better man? Or could you rephrase the question? Yeah. What was the turning point that made you take action to becoming a better version of yourself? Uh, you could say it was really just being unsatisfied with the results that I was getting in life. It initially started uh, like right before college, like the summer before college, but uh, it really had a strong purpose and drive behind it after all this happened during my senior year of college, uh, reuniting with my mom and sister and then disconnecting from my father and, and my middle sister. That was uh, one of the main things that kind of kicked it off. And then also going into my job uh, that, that June after graduating and things just not being as fulfilling as I expected them to be. And so long story short, that segued into improvement and Really, this is probably the fastest I've ever like worked through my development because it kind of forced me to, you know, being being abandoned, you can say even, you know, was one of the things that inspired me to start improvement because, you know, from all the lessons that I learned from the experience, it made me think, you know, there's so much value that could be offered if I shared what I learned with other people that might be going through similar things. And so that's why I say it really started to where like I became hundred percent serious about it and saw like just how important it was whenever I really saw the effects of it after seeing how it messed up my family and how I was complicit in the destruction, you know, of, of people's self-esteem of, of people's self-worth and all that. And then seeing the positivity I could bring from making that, that turnaround. So probably within like the last, uh, the last year or so. Brilliant. I like, I've just, I'm really enjoying this. I'm, the problem is not the problem. 
It's how you respond to the problem that either causes the pain, the lesson or the opportunity. You've had the pain. You found the lessons. And now you're creating the opportunity with human improvement. And it's only just beginning. To every one of your listeners, I've met some impressive people in my life. But Kamani, you're a fantastic young man who makes a difference because you put your heart on the line. I'm so grateful that life has gifted you these opportunities to work through so that you can gift these to other people. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful too, because like you said, it, it gives me an opportunity to be impactful. If I just had regular life with no challenges, no adversity, uh, I don't think anything I'd say would really be able to resonate with anybody and be that spark or that you know piece of knowledge that somebody needs to finally decide to, to make a change. And so that's one thing that I appreciated, even though you know, I had to take all the pain to, to get to this point. I appreciate that there was something along the path that motivated me to take the positive route instead of just harboring all that negativity and just letting it eat away at me and just never really recovering from it. It's really interesting because you, in my experience thus far, Until you learn how to process pain, you never get the gold out of it. But you have to be in enough pain to be able to figure out that you need to process it. So it's very interesting. But with people like yourself sharing their stories, people can associate with that. People can see what can be achieved. And if anybody's, if anybody's going through tough situations, Right now, you're listening to a man who's worked through them, and look at what he's look at what he's doing. Look at the opportunities he's bringing to you. Wow. So, improvement. You interview people. How much do you learn while interviewing people? Uh, some guests have definitely given some insights that I never would have considered. And so I've, I've definitely gained value from hearing some of the people talk as well. But, um, one thing that I'll say about it, where, where I may not be getting the most development from it is just the fact that due to the fact that I'm the one guiding the conversations with it being my show what the value they offer is pretty much limited to the scope that I give them. Uh, I'll, I'll give like a sports analogy. And so I don't know if you're familiar with American football, but like a receiver can only do as, as much with, with uh, I guess the ball is what the quarterback does to get the pass to him. I mean, if, if I'm wherever I throw the ball to them, that's where they have to go to catch it. And so as I get further in my development, I'm sure that some questions that I would ask and some guests that I would bring on would uh, be able to make more happen after the catch and be able to offer um, more value and some insights that could really um, that could really resonate. But at least right now, I'll say that there's something to to be desired. I'm glad that it's offering value to you know the people that are listening. But uh, when it comes to me learning things, while I do learn, it's probably not as much as I want it to be. I'd love to be able to learn just as much from the guests as, as like the, the listeners are. But due to the fact that I have a lot of familiarity with some of the things that a lot of them talk about, just not as much yet. So who would you want to interview? Who would you want to challenge you? Hmm. 
honestly, probably some people with some uh, probably people that are established and but might just have like some some alternate viewpoints on some things. Because one thing I'll say about it is that when someone has a different perspective on something, that's what causes you to do the most uh, reflecting and trying to connect the dots because it's challenging what your maybe the word is like your, your paradigm, what your status quo is. And that's when you really have to do a lot of the uh, the digging to make sense of things and make the the bigger connections. And so I would say if I had more people on the show that uh, might have different perspectives on things, just different opinions or different experiences. And then also if they you know had a had more success too, if I could get like some more popular people on the show, I think that would definitely be something that could uh, that could create a, a challenge and really spark some some growth. Yeah, interesting. Because the growth that you've had in your life has come from internal, internal challenges, you know, that you've stepped up to the plate to do. And it's, it's a fascinating thing. Some of the greatest interviews I've done have been with, you know, uh, one was my 92 year old neighbor who went through uh, World War II in England and the, where the German bombers were flying over Northumberland and, you know, bombing every night. And she'd wake up every day not knowing where, whether, whether or not her friends would be there, whether or not the school would be there. She just, it was a really interesting time. The gold in which we get from people is people. Everybody has experiences. Everybody has a story. Everybody has an opportunity. And when you get to give those stories to people, it's just amazing. You never know who you're going to hit. You never, but it's the right thing at the right time. Right. Yeah. Now that you say the right thing at the right time, yeah. it might just not be the right time for that sort of thing. I'm sure that when it is, it would come, but it really just depends on the pace that I take with this. I'm sure that if I keep doing what I'm doing, but then also work on the areas where I'm where I'm lacking when it comes to the production quality of the show and then also my own charisma and everything, I'm sure that those opportunities would come to where I would start to see more of that growth that I'm looking for. Yeah, brilliant. What is the growth you're looking for? Uh, really, I guess you could say the main things that I think of right now when it comes to like my own personal growth or uh, excuse me okay. would be uh my own charisma you know that's something that I, I think could uh definitely help me in the long run not not even just with the podcast but just with life in general someone that has charisma somebody that can captivate people when they when they speak to them someone that can be someone that brings energy to a group or to a conversation it definitely makes a big difference in the opportunities that you get uh the type of connections that you make all of that and it really makes a difference now you carry yourself too when you know you have that ability. And so that's probably one of the main areas I would say that um, I could use some development. And then the other one would probably be, um, hmm, the other one would probably be um, my ability to, to exercise like temperance or to, to be disciplined. And it may sound surprising to some people, but I guess maybe relative to where I want to be, uh, I feel like there's a there's a gap between the level of discipline I need and I mean to the level of discipline I have and what is required to get to the level of success that I want. And what uh, what I have right now has gotten me this far with a solid job and everything and starting a podcast, but that's not the the end goal. And so growth is required in that area to make sure that eventually I get those results that I want. I have to, I can't just be at this level. I need to up my discipline, up my, uh, my temperance, my ability to be able to, to say no to some things and manage my time in the way that I need to. So those are the two main areas that, that I, I could think of. I love this. So values, do you know your values? Yes. Have you worked on them? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so Empathy, integrity, self-mastery, devotion, and independence. Those are my core values. Okay, why are they your core values? 
I brainstormed on it and all of those seem like the most important things and, and the things I put the most focus on in my life. And at the same time, areas where I wanted to improve too. And so that was why I chose them. I felt like those were good ones where as long as anything I did aligned with those things, uh, I was moving in, in the right direction and narrowing it down to like five core values, everything to fall under. I really made it easy to make sure that there was a, a connection between my actions and my identity. Brilliant. So the one thing for me that I, I have absolutely adored hearing today is context. You've gone through your life and the pain that's been there. You've given it context. You've taken the lessons out of it and it's given you the strength to do what you do. So I'd really love for you to give your values context. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Trust, respect, and love equals action. These are my values. I trust that I'm only ever given a situation that I can handle. Am I trusted in this situation? The answer is yes, I go on to respect. If it's no, then I need to either walk away or find out why I'm not trusted and make that connection. Respect, am I respecting myself, my family and my community with this situation? The answer is yes, I go through to love. The answer is no, I'll find out why I don't trust this situation. Love, am I coming from love or fear? Is my actions love-based actions or is it fear-based actions? If it's love, then I need to create an action because it's congruent with my values. If it's fear, I need to go back and find out why I don't trust it. Hmm. If I can't find the reason to trust it, then I'll walk away. But I'm trusted, I'm given every, given every single situation in life. But if it's coming from fear, I'm not working with it. If I'm not respecting myself, I'm not working with it. If I'm not trusted in the situation, I'm not working with it. But I was given that situation to challenge myself. They're my values. I like how it's like a structured system where it's kind of a step-by-step -step thing to where you can apply that to every single situation you're in by going through a process. And yeah. so I think that's very helpful where you, when you get to a point to where something might be difficult and you might be confused as to whether or not at first glance it aligns, but having it to where it's a step-by-step -step thing where there are levels to it, it makes it to where you can simplify any situation that you get in. And I think that's valuable. Yeah. But sometimes it, it, like a lot of times when you're in a tricky situation, you don't, you can't go through the whole process, trust, respect, love, just, Okay, and it's just, it's there. What is it? Get curious about this situation rather than being responsive because more often than not in a situation, if you respond immediately, it's not the best response. Get curious about it. The time between action and response is the gold. The further the, the further the gap, the better the response will be. So, yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to, um, just, I'm cautious of time. I, and I want this to continue. I'm looking forward to number three, because I think this for your listeners is phenomenal. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it'd be valuable to them too. Everything comes back to context. Is the situation you've given it context and you've gone through it, you've created lessons, you've created opportunity. Yeah. Mate, I'm so proud of you. You know, you're 24 years old and you're challenging life and it's difficult. Most people go a lifetime without this. And I think this is the I think this is the greatest opportunity we have right now. You know, this opportunity called COVID's given a lot of people, uh, you know, a big spotlight on their life to start looking at things, but they're not quite sure how to do that. I think you should reach out to Kamani. Ask him how to do it.
How you feeling? Uh, I feel feel good. I feel like we went over a lot of stuff and really talked through some things. And it really just kind of puts things into perspective, you know, on how valuable even, you know, some of the negative experiences have been in shaping who I am today. And so that's a good thing. And then also really reflecting on how much value me being able to reframe this stuff will offer to the people that are that are listening. Could you be you? If you didn't experience what you've experienced in life, mm, no, you know, if, if I didn't experience it, I, I wouldn't be who I am now. And so, you know, just like the, I guess the pros that came with it, you know, the strengths I have now from it, you have, you still have to deal with those, those cons. There's always a, a trade-off. That's pretty cool. So life has happened for you, I would say, rather than to you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess, um, as long as you make something positive of it, yeah, it's happened for you. So these things happen for me when I made that decision to, uh, learn from them, from those, uh, experiences. Brilliant. Oh, well, this week's takeaway values. Let's put some context behind them. Let's not, let's not let things just be a word. Okay. Let's explain, let's explain why they're important too. All right. And so what would you like for me? What would you like for me to do? Grab your five values and give them context. Okay. Hmm. Do you mean like have a, a story or reason behind each of them or? Yeah. Okay. So something your context, like, you know, like uh, empathy. Empathy is important to me because. Okay, so I, I think I have context behind them that, that I could share because it's yeah. not like I just picked like the ones that sounded good. There was like a, a reason and a, and I guess you could say a story behind each of them. Brilliant. Well, so if we want, we can talk about them now or in the next one. No, in the next one, because values in itself is a, is a is a big exercise, and I think that's that'll go for roughly an hour too. So, okay, all right, gotcha. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> oh, listen, I, how do you want to close out today? This is your show. Yeah, so I think this is a good spot to go ahead and end it. And so I'll make sure to look at that assignment again. And, you know, I have the stuff in my head, but it'd probably be better to, to write it out too. And so I'll just make sure to be prepared for that on the next one. But uh, thanks again for taking the time to have the call with me. And I'll make sure to send you the link for the next one. Brilliant. Excellent. 24. You got 20 years on me, mate. You're doing an amazing job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate it. And uh, thanks again. Uh, you're right. Hey, happy birthday, mate. I'm really, you know, like it's, yeah, it's, it's good to be on your journey called life. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you.